0: Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and every Griffin location heading across the goddamn galaxy. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we start our 13th book of the podcast, our fourth book of this series, Fate of the Jedi, Backlash. Chapters 1 through 4 this week. Aha! We kick it off, right? Yeah. And boy, did we ever guess (laughs) correctly last week when we laid out the familiar facets of this novel from the author Aaron Alston. Because this is the fifth book of his that we're getting into in the podcast, right? Three in the last series, one already here.
1: I should just start describing my life and how he writes these books. Now I'm going this way. And just uh, with all with all the location. It's
0: like when you arrive at work, you're like, dun, 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 dun this location. <laughs> and you're like, this is a segment break. Fresh segment. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a good psychological trick to do. I don't know. That's this week, though. Chapters one through four. But first, bum, bum, bum. previously on Forever Canon, we talked about All of Fate of the Jedi Book 3 Abyss by Christy Golden. False. Fuck. <laughs> We talked about All of Fate of the Jedi, book three, Abyss, by Troy Denning. (laughs) Not Christy Golden, and I might not even take that up. But all of the ups and downs of that book, mostly ups, very few downs. Just annoying Luke Skywalker, really. And And that's where they started
1: throwing the craziness at us.
0: Yeah, the book where it tipped over the top of the hill. On the roller coaster. Yeah. Where you're like tick, 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 tick for the first two and a quarter books because the last book kicked off pretty quick, mm-hmm. but that was last week. This week, we start with chapter one of Backlash, and we start with, as predicted, a location title. I don't know. What is it even called? I don't know what it's called.
1: Location heading sounds but he fine. he just
0: like a heading, paragraph break? There's your location, all in capitals, I think. That could be false. Yeah, capitals in bold. Chapter one starts in empty space near Kessel. Vistara, not on ship. Last week, when we were finishing up the book, we were kind of trying to decide what did she do? Did she get on ship with whatever remaining Sith there may be? And Abeloth? Or did she steal another ship? And go rogue. Well, guess what? <laughs> she left Sinkal Station on an ancient yacht. She recaps the showdown with Luke, her master's death, and how she herself was outmatched by him. And so, salute and flee.
1: Yeah, she even she's proud of how she even managed to cut him.
0: Yeah, they cut him up real good. Yeah, and Vistara did a lot of the cutting, and then she also mentions how he did some cutting too. <laughs> Her master was in four pieces, but over the course of these first four chapters, it's really heavy on the recap. Yeah. Maybe that's, I don't know, that's not something I noticed in book two and three. Maybe that's more a function of being book four, the beginning of the second arc of mm-hmm. the three books here, uh, three arc nine book series. Yes. Maybe it's more a function of that, right? Because I don't really think there was too much of that in in the last book or the previous book. They would be like, oh yeah, Luke and Ben went here, and oh yeah, this so-and-so Jedi went crazy. But this is like, I don't know, all of these reintroductions are much more in-depth.
1: Yeah, more into the thought of what they're thinking.
0: And we get detailed character descriptions of everybody as well. Like, if you're just jumping in here on the fourth book, maybe because this was a hardcover. And it was planned to to be released as a hardcover first. And it's like that maybe that comes with like a business side of drawing a new audience or something. So you want to have heavier reintroductions to what's happened in the story, who the characters are and what they look like. But I just noticed throughout the first four chapters, it's a lot of that.
1: Yeah, it can almost be read as the first book of the entire series, because even if you didn't read the last three you could still pick this book up and be like, hey. That's what I mean. I yeah. think
0: that's the purpose of all that, right? And again, to talk about the Wheel of Time, because I've only ever really read two other big book series, other than Goosebumps when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, that was great. One of those. Was
1: part of the fan club.
0: For real? Yeah. That's some rich kid shit. It me, was man. great.
1: I had a wallet, glowed in the dark.
0: <laughs> <gasps> did it glow? Or did it glue? Is there a right one? <laughs> Is Sarah correct? <laughs> That's neither here nor there. No. But, anyways, to once again bring up one of the only other two book series I've ever read, The Wheel of Time, and I don't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll just fucking. Oh, no, no. That book, very through the first half of the series, is heavy in the beginning of reintroducing everybody in the previous. In pre, like, previously on Forever can right? Yeah. To reintroduce. Uh, the, the previous events that have taken place that bring the characters that you now re describe in uh, solid detail to the places that they are, but I just want to say that's uh happens a lot here in the beginning of this book, not so much in the last two. And I wonder why it is it because it's the beginning of a new arc, is it because it was a hardcover? Is it I don't know,
1: yeah. all of the above, none of it. Maybe it's just he <laughs> he wanted to make sure everybody knew what was going on. Who knows? Maybe
0: it's just, yeah, maybe it's just him. Yeah. And the reason why is because he, the reason why we didn't see it in book two and three is because he wrote the first one. There was nothing really, it reintroduced. Yeah, there was no recap. other than the last series, which of course there's a lot of, re, uh, a lot of catching up of that. Right. Yeah. Anyways, book four, Vistara, she stole an ancient yacht. And now after recapping everything that happened in the last book, she can feel in the force that Luke will track her. And when she gets this feeling, she says, it makes her blood feel like acid. That's nice touch. Yeah. If that is, you know, her own force intuition, like her Spidey sense, right? Mm-hmm. And first of all, how strong is she to pick up on Luke Skywalker is tracking me across the galaxy. And the way that I feel it is in my blood. I don't know consciously that he's using his acid blood to track me. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. She's though still wearing his blood like a badge of honor. Right? Yeah. And I didn't know this from the last series. the The last time we saw this, I don't know. Isn't it a Dathomiri witch thing or something?
1: Yeah. The the Dathomir the the Night
0: Sisters. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a Night Sister blood trail or something like that. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> that sounded. T M correct. Yeah, the capital letters correct.
1: We tried to think of it at the end of the last book but, and couldn't. But I, I really love
0: it. the manifestation of like she feels his eyes on her as her acid blood. You know, that's great. That's yeah. fucking right at the beginning of this book. I was like, that is some solid writing. That is very connective and feels true. You know, it feels yeah. it feels right, and it's a nice mirror other side of the effect you know yeah like he is feeling his own blood through space so that's how he can find her but she gets the feeling she's being followed knows it for sure that's how it manifests fucking cool man
1: it's it's a really good visceral description of what what it would feel like or how she interprets it
0: yeah how it feels to her and maybe that's just because she is so strong she has the ability to feel luke skywalker following her by her blood his blood Is blood all over her, like a trophy. She's running, though, away from Sinkhole Station. Running away from Luke Skywalker, who she knows will follow her. And her plan is to find a planet to message her lost tribe of the Sith. Tell them all this new information at what just happened at Sinkhole Station. She can't just, of course, send them a hyper calm text. Nope. Because it's an ancient yacht. It doesn't it's, have email yet. <laughs> it's too old. It, it doesn't have a
1: hyper transmitter or yeah, something. Yeah, it doesn't
0: have the internet, man. It's just it's dial-up. There's no, it's, there's, there's no Wi-Fi. There's no Wi-Fi. It's all hardwired. <laughs> you got to like spin the face of the phone to dial it. Crank ring, it up, get put it your going. your finger in the ring. Wow, you went further back. I before. did. I make now a joke about an older version of the telephone. Pause for insert. and that's the natural laughing reaction to the funny joke i'm not gonna edit into here (laughs) her ship is too old to send a fucking email so where to go she wonders to herself coruscant no good too many skywalker friends where do i go hapes she's looking for places where there's concentrations of force users that she can blend in with the population and not stand out and be noticed by Luke Skywalker on
1: her trip. Yeah, when she, if she uses a force technique, it's not going to draw be a so beacon. much
0: attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Coruscant, no good. Hapes ruled by an ex Jedi, no good. Then she has an epiphany. Aha, a perfect planet, but she doesn't tell us. Because exposure to Luke Skywalker just does that to you. <laughs> you spend Spent a few moments in close vicinity with that man. And you're like, you know what? I'm never telling the reader anything ever fucking again. It's
1: almost like it's in his blood.
0: So, the answer is revealed to us shortly. But at the time, where did you think she was going? What was your guess at the end of this first segment of the first chapter?
1: I thought she was going to go to one of the other, like, um uh but dark side <laughs> nexus yes. places yeah, um like corbon or right. something like that Yeah yeah
0: that would have been a, or dagaba Yeah pick something where like there's just a massive dark side energy that drowns it out yeah. Lumaya's asteroid that was destroyed
1: Yeah she wanted to actually send a communication so I guess mm. none of those places <laughs> would have been good <laughs> Yeah I don't I did think that too while I was oh, reading shit. it. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: But then you forgot your justification. It? Yeah. But we got there. Yeah, we And did. that's what counts, buddy. Yeah. So she decides I know where to go and she doesn't tell us. And we cut to the transitory mists, where Leia gets a hyperspace text because they're fucking rich from Ben. Another letter filled with teenage talk, I assume. Girls, speeders, allowance, woes. Leia ignored his joking. Sith, she said. And Sith, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, here is a chord that I think Aaron strikes best out of the all the writers, the four that we've had on the podcast. The comedy of Han and Leia, the comedy of R2 and 3PO. He nails the funny, quippy, like, yeah, Spider Man type of lines. All the <laughs> like, he nails them, man. Just that little bit, hilarious. They're talking, oh, and Sith, of course, and then he's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he does. He doesn't come out of his mouth the realizing but it's just a funny little moment. And these two are always ripe for that. You know. Yeah,
1: and he says it, He does the best at writing Han and Leia specifically. When, I'm, when I think of them, I think of that kind of banter back and forth.
0: Yeah, and we haven't talked about them like as a couple frequently yeah. over the last few books. And I think that's just because they don't wear the weight <laughs> openly to the reader of the things that we want to connect to. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, you know, for obvious reasons, they're all wrapped up in their granddaughter slash fake daughter. But... Ah, just, it's only passing moments of like, oh, Jason, or oh, Anakin, or Mm, haven't thought about Chewbacca in forever. Yeah. And I guess that's just the fan talking, right? Mm-hmm. Because for them, it's been two years since Jason, 10 since Anakin, and 12 since Chewie, some yeah. shit like that, right? And that is kind of how life goes. <laughs> You move on, of course, because you have to. You're still living. Life yeah. keeps going.
1: Yeah, you you can't you can't wallow.
0: No, what you can do instead is just be mad at your daughter, your only surviving child, for any possible little thing that comes up. But Aaron writes these two quippy, bantery, funny, but tight. Like, I don't mean. uh Editorially tight. I mean, like relationship wise. Yeah, the closeness comes out in in the banter.
1: Yeah, they can throw a little joke into a serious conversation. Yeah, and And still know that it's serious.
0: Come come out with the balance of yes, doesn't ruin the seriousness of the situation. Yeah, immediate jackpot comedy. And then now Han and Leia caught up on what happened (laughs) to Ben and Luke in the last book. Because, you know, Luke's not allowed to call anybody, so he only secretly calls Silgul every Mm -hmm. once in a while to find out what's going on with the crazies. And Ben probably technically isn't supposed to be calling anybody either, because obviously it's on his father's behalf. But now they're all caught up. They know what's going on. Just like we were all caught up in the first segment. Second segment, caught up. Catching characters up now. And, vicariously, the reader. Right? And that's a clever little way to do that.
1: And it's a really good plan to keep everybody informed.
0: And speaking of good plans, Ben asks for their help. Wow. Yep. How about that? You know what I should do? My dad is really weak and we are tracking this girl who is a Sith and there's lots of them. I'm going to call two of the most powerful people in the galaxy slash luckiest dude in the galaxy. (laughs) For help. Wow. Ben Skywalker. This is a revolutionary teenager, okay? This is the man I wanted when Aaron shit all over him in the first book. (laughs) Making him laugh at goofy looking aliens. We've talked about that enough. He asks for help. Because Luke is exhausted slash nearly damn dead from being cut apart by two Sith.
1: And spending weeks in the... uh in the beyond shadows
0: and pulling so much force energy into himself. Post facto to get all tingly inside. I uh, feel like his cells were on Anakin fire. Skywalker once did. So they're all going to meet up family reunion. Cut to Jedi temple. Coruscant. Ben also space texted. So rich people. She is CCing the entire Jedi order. The video that he sent in case you guys don't know that stands for Carbon copy, which is really funny to add that into technological vernacular. Let's make it CC because that's,
1: anyways, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I do it all the time, and I uh, thank you for informing me well, you know what it actually meant.
0: That could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to make copies of things back in the day, remember doing this in grade school, by the way? There would be a thin sheet of black mm-hmm. carbon paper, essentially, do the rubbing. Pencil lead, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you would just rub some shit over another piece of paper and then the indentation. It's like archaeological work, but we did it in grade school 20 years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyways, back to the Jedi Temple where Ben is space is Silgal and she's space texting everybody else. And what I mean is emailing the video of Ben saying, hey, here's all shit that happened. Also mentioned, she's the best doctor of her generation. Yes. Wow. That's important. Cut to deep space near castle. The shadow's jumping. Luke and Ben are hunting. Fistara. Yeah. little sort of round PS In this little segment, Aaron ship lover makes the shadow. The character. Yes. This, this is, I don't, I don't know. I remember this segment being indirect narrator. Like, the, it's just we're talking in third person about what we see this ship doing, not the people inside it. Mm-hmm. And you know, this man loves his ships. He's a pilot guy. He loves to write the pilots. Here you go. The ship, Jade Shadow, gets its own segment. Cut to Jade Shadow, Orbiting Castle, Nyan Numb. Nyan Numb.
1: Yeah, I uh, I hate Soliston names so
0: much. I will say it as if I have that guy's voice Nyan Numb. Yeah, it's perfect. Because that's probably the exact correct pronunciation. Yen-yum, old face-foldy rebel pilot, in case anybody doesn't remember him from, what, Return of the Jedi? I think he might be, no, yeah, definitely Return of the Jedi, yeah, yeah. not Episode. so far. Yen-yum, you know, he's got six layers of jowls. Old rebel pilot, once again, Aaron's favorite. He tells Ben and Luke. All about Captain Kai's stop for a map update, and then Luke can feel her path, anyways. Captain Kai being Vistara, that's the name that she stopped in Kessel under. She downloaded a galactic map update because her ship's so old. And this guy being Lando's partner running the mining shit on Kessel that was saved in the first book by Aaron Alston. Hey, it's all coming full circle. I, I wondered what was going to happen with Kessel. <laughs> well, it's a Spot to get a piece of information about Vastara. Cut to dropping all the papers. Cut to several days later, Dathomir orbit.
1: Still with Luke and Ben.
0: Luke (laughs) wrongly assumes all the Sith in the galaxy are here on Dathomir because that's where Vastara came. Obviously, she ran home.
1: Yeah, because he was gonna—he meant to follow her back to her base. That's what he
0: assumed he was doing, and that was his intention. And it totally. Colored his perception of what was actually happening. You know, he had this pre-registered thought of, I'm chasing her home. Yeah. Ignoring maybe clues of she's not going home. She's going somewhere else. Whatever. But for now, that's what happens. Cut to (laughs) Daphomir. It's hot and humid. Foreshadowing? That was a joke. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get it. (laughs) Um... Actually, it's not a joke, and I'll get to it throughout the podcast. Thank you. Hot and humid. The guard at the spaceport points them towards a hill, and Luke and Ben are off on speeder bikes from Vroom to go capture Vistara. And my final note for the chapter is way too many location titles. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven narrative splits in the first chapter now that's like a total love it hate it bittersweet pros and cons kind of thing right you can either tell one solid engaging suck you in part of the story uh cohesively in the first chapter right or you can subdivide it and try to cast as many nets as as possible what's gonna catch you Is it going to be uh, the perspective of the runaway Sith who just had a battle with Luke Skywalker? Is it going to be Han and Leia getting a text from Ben saying Sith? Like, which part of this is going to draw you in? Luke being almost dead? The cool talk about the ship shadow, the Jade shadow? You know? He's like, throw all the lines in the water.
1: Yeah. See what we get. And
0: they're all good hooks. So he's
1: going to get a bunch of fish.
0: And just, you know. Too many location titles for me. Yeah. The dude who writes them down so I can say them on the podcast. It's just too many.
1: We could have done with three. Right.
0: Because like you said, the last four are Luke and Ben.
1: Yeah. The only one for them that we needed was the the several days later, maybe.
0: I'll even take, you know, two of them. We go from deep space near Kessel to getting that information as we're traveling to Dathomir that they talked in Yinyum, mm-hmm. and he was like, map, and I felt this direction. And then we are on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we pump the fucking brakes seven times before <laughs> we get to the end of the chapter. And it's a little bit disconcerting, but also... You know, I think I get what you're doing.
1: Is it was it like seven times in like twenty pages?
0: <laughs> Not even, man. That that first chapter is like nine pages long. You check that out right now while I fire up chapter two. Okay. Where we start with the tag of Dathomiri rainforest and a giant hand. Go ahead. Seven
1: times in twelve pages. Hey, hey, hey thank you. <laughs>
0: Seven different cuts in twelve pages of writing.
1: Yeah, one every one and three quarter pages. And four
0: of them didn't shift the perspective. Yeah, they. It did minutely. It went from outside the ship to Ben Inside to Luke. Yeah, to on the planet. Okay, but well we can <laughs> do that in a spa, in a cohesive paragraph. <laughs> you know what? I sw- it brings me to the point of was this a bet, or did somebody <laughs> step on his toes about too many too many location headings, man? Too many.
1: No, it was it was Troy saying, "How many cuts can you get in the first chapter?"
0: Because out of the, <laughs> I wish it was out of the last two books, we barely did that in a chapter at all, mm-hmm. maybe once, and very succinctly. Yeah. So why did he cram seven and 12 pages <laughs> other than number one, a giant middle finger to somebody telling him too many or, or B, I know I said number one, B trying to, you know, put as many sparks on the fire. Yeah. What do you call it? Kindling. Yeah. <laughs> you could have said
1: used your nets analogy again hey
0: listen i'm yeah. trying to not be repetitive but... you got to do one more
1: and use the greek alphabet oh okay well, i don't know what the third one is alpha is it gamma
0: <laughs> the problem is this beta the problem is this and c <laughs> don't ask me to do greek chapter two Daphne mary rainforest luke and ben are zip zooming on their vroom vrooms <laughs> 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 that's not written here Across the Dathomiri rainforest, when suddenly a giant hand reaches out of the bushes and knocks Luke off his motorcycle. I mean, speeder bike. Quote, it was a rancor. End of sentence. <laughs> That's a, that was, That, a, was, it. The that was what like, Luke thought in the text. Not just any rancor, in fact, an armored rancor with a shield tied to one of and his fists. And a helmet. Fists. He's got a helmet. He's got like shoulder plate, like whatever. Yeah. An armored Rancor. It's got a shield, as I mentioned, but in addition to trying to kill him with that, it also grabs an eight foot tree and tries to club Luke Skywalker (laughs) with it. And he also has this thought of, Oh yeah. Dathomiri Rancors are way smarter. And they're bred to be pets and guards and stuff like that. It this is not the beast in the pit of Jabba's palace. We're we've moved beyond that. Yeah, you know, in in the Star Wars mythos, especially in the expanded universe, it just really stuck out to me. He had this thought of like, oh yeah, these guys aren't idiots. Just like he did <laughs> in the last book when the Sith showed up on Sinkhole St. Station to fucking kill him and his kid. Or capture them, I mean, because they yeah. wanted to bring them home as trophies. But it just stuck out as the same thing, you know. I like I like drawing
1: like real world pal- parallels. It's that's like if you walked into somebody's house and they had like a trained tiger that would attack you, <laughs> or Even or something like, like that. A gorilla,
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's work. like, hey, that thing's two feet taller than me and infinitely stronger than you can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and. But if you know, but it's all it's trained and it's all smart and it's fighting me with logic.
1: Yeah, and this one's as, wearing,
0: this one's wearing armor. And good God! Also, there's a witch here. Yes. Very fun D and ca- D encounter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a giant beast trying to kill you with a fucking eight foot tree, and a witch who casts lightning everywhere. Everywhere fries Luke and Ben's lightsabers. The vroom-vroom cycles. Then she runs away. And the rancor, too. Because he got cut open by Luke. Yeah. He got scared by lightning. No matter how smart he is, he's still just an
1: animal. Yeah, it's still at the basis of it. And
0: so, a Jedi without a lightsaber is less dashing to the girls, says Ben. His actual... <laughs> Second girl's quotation, uh, second girl's comment of the book already earlier when they were got the information from Nin-Yum about (laughs) the faster I say it, the better it seems (laughs) when they got the information from Nin-Yum, it was like, Luke was like, Oh, she must've used force tricks to get her, to get her ship refueled. And Ben was like, yeah, or her smoking hot girl body. Right. Dad. (laughs) Yeah. just I'm going to point that out. That's the second time. This is new. This is unlike Ben. P.S. Also mentioned Ben is jacked. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I read that
0: and I was like, that's not how... He would I mean, be, though.
1: He would be. and Maybe we haven't gotten a, a true physical description of him. And they also described Luke as being just as well-muscled, just
0: older. Just older and pretty much a similar frame. Yeah. yeah. Just older. But... Ben, specifically, jacked.
1: Yeah, that the clothes he's wearing would not hide his musculature. Let me
0: remind you how hot and humid it is on Dathomir. Okay, cut to the Jedi Temple on Corsair. <laughs> <laughs> Where Silgal ponders Jaina being an athlete and a model in another life. Want to know why? Because she is so hot.
1: <laughs> That's, okay. And she
0: is so jacked. Why are we suddenly, repeatedly, being told how smoking hot everyone is? It's never, ever been phrased that way this often in a Star Wars book I've ever read. And I've read 30 or 40. Never, ever, 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 in eight paragraphs, has a book gone, Girls' bodies right? get them stuff, huh? (laughs) <laughs> and, then, like, and then just again, and then again, and then again, and again, and again. Here's my question. All right. You know what? We'll get to that question later. Okay. This might come up again. Jaina could have been a model and an athlete in another life, Silgal thinks to herself. But she tells Jaina about the Ma and the Sith, not the rule of two. She's... Silgall makes a fucking joke.
1: It's It was a good one too.
0: The rule of however many they need, capitalized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and more comedy, but not coming out of the right hole this time. She is such a intellectual, logical thinker on top of being a species that is already yeah. out of touch with human humor. The whole last series was like, cha niathal who was jason solo's partner in crime incidentally and accidentally most often not getting humans emotions and stuff around her maybe that was her military bent or something right but it seems also to apply to a lot of the Moncals,
1: right yeah absolutely like and for and for this i think it's humorous because it's not meant to be, right? Because it's just her I, I think, saying the words. Okay,
0: that's that's true. Like she's the straight man, just delivering a funny line, and she doesn't even know it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> apparently, it's not the rule. Too, it's the rule of however many you need. But I just think it just struck me as too many jokes and too many mouths. You know, like just pushing it. Like not that it didn't fit or that it wasn't funny or that I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It just it was a lot. It's just a lot. I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's, she's not the right person for it. Not like, the exact right person. Yeah.
0: But you're right. Maybe that's what makes it better is the way that you read it, right? Yeah. So, you know, the rule of of however many they need. um, More comedy and more to come. Jaina, though, says, hey, you tell me about the Sith. I'm the sword. You're going to go have a meeting with all the masters. You get me invited. I'm the sword. Light me up. this is what I'm here for. I usually sing that in Gord Downey voice, but how about this chapter two? Here's Jaina. Yeah. Saying I'm the sword. Get me in saying spotlight, please (laughs) maestro. (laughs) And like, I'm going to be the star of the show. Yeah. Hey, here's the fingers crossed. I don't know. That was, that's probably overestimating, but how many more times will she actually be in this book? In the last book, Four times, three makeouts. Mm-hmm. The previous book, ten times, action and missions. And same thing with the first one. But she's been just not as heavy diving into this mystery of Jedi going crazy in her peer group yeah, that a, I would expect her to be. A
1: lot of in and out oh, I guess with it's not, Jaina. It's
0: not quite their her peer group.
1: No, slightly younger. It's
0: the, it's the generation half a generation younger. Yeah, like right? like it's ten not... <laughs> years younger than her. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. So I guess that's okay, but it's also a major mystery in the Jedi, and you're just kinda hanging out making out with your boyfriend most of the
1: time. Yeah, and you're the, the swar- like yeah, like the military leader of the Luke Jedi essentially.
0: Luke is gone, your brother's dead, your mom's never around, you are the strongest Jedi in the Jedi Order. Yeah. And then the last book, she wasn't in it enough for my taste. And the previous one the same, you know? Here she is in chapter two saying, flicking on a fucking light switch. (laughs) Yeah. Here I am. I'm the sword. Get it lit. We've
1: we've always wanted more Jaina.
0: From book one, series one. I'll admit it again. It's because I love Jason so much. And I loved the two of them. Yeah. You know, they make you love each other more in a symbiotic sort of twin relationship because they're both so great. So, are we going to get more Jaina? Is she going to get the spotlight that she deserves and is demanding here in the beginning of this book? Is that more shots fired? Is this like seven cuts in the first chapter? Is this on purpose? No. Hamner's going to be
1: like, no, get out of (laughs) here.
0: And then we'll see if she does the normal Jaina thing after that, which is whatever she wants. Yeah. We'll see. Cut to. Millennium Falcon. Dathomir. Oh my God. They're there already. (laughs) How about that?
1: It's gotta have been like a week, right?
0: Yeah, I mean something like that. It took Luke and Ben a few days to get there after he sent the message. They've been, I don't know, they were, I don't, whatever. They're they're here. And Leia recounts to her granddaughter slash fake daughter as they're landing on Dathmir. She tells the tale of how Prince Isolder, Tenelka's father, Alana's grandfather, once wanted to marry her back in the day, and I was like, why the fuck? Are you talking about this with this child? And then Alana says something absolutely stunning. Yep. Yep. And I I stopped when I read it. And I was I was shocked.
1: I read it twice.
0: <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Aaron Alston up in the Great Beyond. This was a fucking hammer dropped on my brain alana says so no matter what you were going to be my grandmother whoa (laughs) whoa stone cold stunner with crazy vince mcmahon cell that's how much i was destroyed after she said that no matter what no matter what you were going to be my grandmother what the fuck implication does that have? And, you know, Leia, she's like, ah, yeah, the future is uncertain. And the end is always near. I'm Jim Morrison now from The Doors. <laughs> but <laughs> in the back of her head, she doesn't say it out loud. She's like, whoa. <laughs> that is that true?
1: Yeah, maybe there was some sort of destiny involved. How
0: would that play out? Because... Let's have a little thought experiment. Princey Solder and Leia make a baby that makes a baby later that is Alana. Who do they make? Jason and Jaina or Tunnel Ka? Oh. And who makes the other side of her genetics?
1: Yeah, their other side. Unless, oh.
0: Unless the answer is... It wouldn't have been possible, and this is why it all fell the way that it did, for Alana to be on the throne of balance, surrounded by love and positivity.
1: In which case, the Jedi and Leia's thinking up until about fifteen seconds ago <clears> throat> um, throat> of the future's ever-changing, it goes out the window.
0: Or does it? because the future is always changing to correct to a certain path that you never know.
1: Well, that you never is know. Is that
0: possible though? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: The, I guess the path leading up to the end result. But but the is the, different.
0: the real point that I was trying to say. Okay. Um I can't think of. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but it was it's just how Oh, this is what I was going to say. Um, the thing that Leia says that won her Han, won Han over is older. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That had him win out was his like roguish charm, right? Like what what always wins the day for Han Solo?
1: <laughs> yeah, his crooked grin and his his
0: sheep herding, nerf herding. And...
1: Yeah, his scoundrelness.
0: Yes, scoundrelosity, <laughs> if you will. We gotta have a, a which, gauge for that. Which then must be the will of the force. If that's the personality trait that wins Leia over to making babies with him, and then the other babies go get made on the other side, and then we come down to Alana, it's gotta be the will of the force. You
1: Yeah, then those bloodlines converge. If that's
0: what this is all about. Okay, and now I'm thinking, you know, I'm zooming out. I'm going through the fourth wall, and I'm thinking in a more meta story sense. Okay. Why else is Alana saying that? Other than to draw attention to the fact that she is the chosen one. Oh. Her birth was manipulated into existence by a thousand choices and decisions pushed by the force. She is the, she is, what is she saying here? No matter what you were going to be my grandmother. What does that say about me and how special I am?
1: Yeah. If I was, no matter what I
0: needed to be this.
1: Yeah. Or that
0: thought of her being the chosen one, Just occurred to me now. And I thought I got smacked in the head hard enough with this sentence the first time.
1: Maybe it's another way of saying that the Skywalker blood is special. Because either way, Alana, chosen one, as you're saying, would have had Skywalker blood. Right,
0: right, right. It's all part of the same thing, right? That that fancy Skywalker (laughs) blood that we haven't talked about very much lately. But whoa
1: yeah I hadn't thought of any of that to think
0: of it in a meta you know narrative context of I'm the writer and I'm putting words in this character's mouth for a purpose I'm not just trying you know the superficial level that I want to be read at first is that this child blows a grown up's mind with this fact but now extrapolate from there and tell me what I'm trying to say about the bigger story that has so much focused around the future of Alana ruling in the light. Yeah. What is this fucking kid saying right now? I thought this was a cool thing to talk about <laughs> before I had this epiphany. Before but we guess what? I don't hang out with Luke Skywalker. So I tell you what I think. <laughs> oh my God.
1: I- And now you're now you're bringing it, yeah. Now you're bringing it to to that to the Skywalker and Luke not saying anything. Leia tells people stuff.
0: She does, but also sometimes she doesn't.
1: Yeah, no, they just kind of pieced out for the whole first book series. (laughs) Never mind.
0: Continue. But so, what is this? And then, as if you're not already stunned enough. Han Solo drops his own casual stone-cold stunner. They're talking about having to leave Alana alone on the Falcon at mm-hmm. the spaceport at Dathomir while they go look for Luke and Ben. And he says, Sure, but you'll need to call Zek and Taryn. Hey, what? Yeah. Hey. I'm mad. This casual offhand remark is how we find out that Zek is alive and has been alive for all these years. And he has a girlfriend and you guys have known about it for six months. No, they've known
1: about it for like a year and a half. They found him six months after he went missing.
0: Is that what the, is that what it said? I, yeah. I read it backwards. Though. Yeah.
1: So they've known In about burst. it for even longer, which is more annoying.
0: No, they can't have. Cause weren't they? Oh my no way. Yeah. Weren't they, weren't some of the characters thinking like, Hey, where, Oh no, we never found Gina at one point was like, Oh, we never found Zach. But that in one of the earlier books, and that wasn't a year either way. Doesn't matter how long a lot longer than we have. That's why none of them are talking about and him he Because just goes, they know he's alive. He just goes, yeah, you better call him." in an offhand recollection. And neither character shows my shock nope. as a reader, which bothers me. Well, just, just casually tell everybody, Zach's alive and he's got a girlfriend. Well, guess what? We did it, Tim.
1: Uh, I think I skipped a paragraph we to find him. out what happened and then had to go back to get the,
0: a little in between. We found him, man. Doesn't yeah. matter. We asked it every week for months. Where is Zach? Just been chilling in hates for X amount of time. Probably a year and a half, I believe you. I was just... it, wasn't
1: Taryn one of those, one of the two <gasps> sisters?
0: That's why her fucking name sounds familiar. She was one of the two security sisters who, what did they do? Break
1: Ben out of? No, they were with Ben when he Rescued... con- converted Tahiri back. Oh my God. It was Taryn and... and
0: someone else, Zell. Yeah. That's their last name, right? Taryn Zell? Oh, maybe not. Oh, my God. Good character and good remembering. Also, hypersexual character. Yes. Because the two of them were like, hey, Ben. Woo-woo-woo. Yeah. Love me. Love me. Say that you love me. Well, we did I wonder if we're going
1: T- to get Tahiri in here talking to Ben again.
0: Gross. <laughs> <laughs> she was evil at the time. <laughs> yes. We fucking found Zach, man. He's just been chilling in hapes. We're also casually told... That Alana is eight now. Yeah. Yep. How? Because last book, she sure was six. How much time has passed in between these two books? Not that much. Moments. Moments. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because, like, for sure... (laughs) Within the, Here's what happened. Let me tell you this. Last series. Book seven or eight. She's in the cockpit with Jason Solo. Four years old. Yeah, she's screaming her head off. Jason's been dead for two years. Now she's eight? Yeah. What the fuck? And even uh, Han says something
1: almost... In one of these pages, said, almost three years have passed. But even... Four plus three does not equal eight.
0: I thought the same thing. I was like, you're trying to to wedge the math closer? <laughs> like, no, no. But it's not. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. What just happened? A typo? Did we lose a year and a half when <laughs> then Zach was found? Everybody knows. Is there a book in between three and four? <laughs>
1: <laughs> book three and a half. Like the D&D editions.
0: Like the Dark Tower. <laughs> Went through the keyhole. Like, Wheel of Time, there's a prequel book called, I don't know, a thing, called something. Ah, what? She's eight? All right. I mean, I can't change it, Mm -hmm. so I have to roll with it, but she's not. (laughs) Maybe she's like seven and a half and everybody's rounding up? Yeah, yeah. Maybe she was four, almost five. Maybe everybody's got 40 years of PTSD and they're really bad at time (laughs) management. (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, just casually, Alana's eight somehow. Definitely old enough to be left alone on the Falcon for maybe a week, (laughs) Han says. While they got to go find uh, Luke and Ben.
1: Yeah, they're definitely talking her up.
0: Somebody's... Fudging the books over here. Well,
1: the, with concept. with Han and how they're talking to her, they're definitely saying they're, like, patronizing her a bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, he's like, he's being grandpa, right? Yeah. But he's like, hey, you can do it. Don't worry. We're going to leave you alone. Everything's all good. Meanwhile, in the last paragraph, he was like, make sure you call Zek and Taryn yeah. surreptitiously to be hidden babysitters for the kid. Yeah. But then, you know, nonetheless... If you're 6 7 or 8, probably scary to be left on an unfamiliar planet in a spaceship by yourself. Well, with you know, the solo droids as we as we come to read later on, yeah. but yeah, you know, you're old enough now to be left alone. Han and Leia have their guides and their supplies and their search party and uh, one guy's sleeveless because the witches like to see a little skin. Why is this happening? <laughs> here's my question I didn't ask before okay how horny does surviving a heart attack make you <laughs> <laughs> because as you read in the foreword of this backlash novel Aaron Alston had a fucking heart attack on tour for the first book of this series hmm bounce back recovery tough man write this book this book excuse me <laughs> This book is peeking in everyone's shower. This book <laughs> is a fucking creep so far. Uh, what? How yeah. horny does having a heart attack make you? <laughs> <laughs> Why does this keep happening? Okay. Uh, anyways, it's a, it's a weird crew that Han and Leia have talked into uh, helping them out instead of arresting them. We've got We've got the guard. We've got a failed Jedi. We've got a Dathomiri lady. Uh, we've got a big one in stormy armor. And we've got holodrama star's little sister. Yep. Weird crew. Question, Tim. Mm. How many of them get the Star Trek red shirt treatment? Oh, we just least. got introduced to into fi- into five uh, uniquely identifiable characters. How many of them are going to survive this search in the Dathomir forest... For Luke and Ben,
1: I, I I think two of them will die. The other three are gone. Are there six of them? Five. There's five of them. Yeah. So I think I think two of them are gone. For sure. For sure. I think um, skin arm half naked man he's gone.
0: <laughs> but like, by choice.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's going to go live with the witches.
0: He's going to go have a threesome with some aliens at J.J. Gorgon's, okay? That's the first thing (laughs) on the docket when I sit down to roll dice. And they're off. North to the hills to find Luke and Ben. Uh, With Zach watching the ship. Yes, I forgot to mention that. He is watching. He is pretending to work on another ship. Yeah. Here's my question. How did he get there so fast? Dathomir must not be far from the Hapes cluster. And they must have been sitting on that tarmac at the spaceport. Waiting for them to not arrest them and gather all the stuff. They said for like six hours or something like that.
1: Yeah, it it must have been a a pretty quick jumper. But you're
0: just so connected to him that you can just zip him up on the phone. And here he comes across the galaxy to babysit your granddaughter. Because he's that... Fucking deeply woven into the story at this point. <laughs>
1: He's not connected to been your missing family. for
0: two years at all. Cool. Yeah. Off we go north to find Ben and Luke. Chapter three: Galactic Empire Embassy Complex, Coruscant. Hey, that's too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about Imperial Embassy, and we fucking move on. Guess what? By chapter three, I'm sick and tired of writing them. If I'm just reading the book cool yeah it's no sweat off my back to read the location title of where i'm at being the dude for the podcast who's trying to say all the places we're jumping to fucking tedious
1: yeah sucks to be you
0: and i often do like i I edit them (laughs) yeah by the time we get to the end of
1: the book book, you're gonna be i'll be
0: like coruscant bitch dathomir maybe (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) well, like a a a asteroid, you're like, a bunch of letters.
0: (laughs) Um, uh, MZX (laughs) 90210, Beverly Hills, California. Galactic Empire Embassy Complex Coruscant. We recap what Jag looks like, also how hot he is, and how he's longing for the days of simply being a pilot. You got that square on your Aaron Alston bingo? Cause I do. Mm -hmm. Oh, how I wish I could just be back in the military, probably in the X-Wing series instead of that's interesting. Tim's got a little spider that lives on that microphone. Huh? He's probably saving me from other bugs. You don't live here. You don't care. Selfish. (laughs) No. So Jag's hot and he wants to be a pilot instead of a politician. Cause being a politician sucks. And let us remind you that Jag is not your average imperial politician.
1: Was that Aaron writing his own thing? I wish I wish Jag was a pilot oh, so I could man, write more sure, space battles. Oh, man. I sure
0: wish I didn't have to write him as a fucking politician. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, another middle finger from Aaron Alston. But he's not your average imperial politician because, number one, he's Chiss. Mm-hmm. That's standout from just about anywhere in the galaxy other than the ascendancy. Um, number two... He served in the military and is a pilot. Most of the Moffs, not. No. Uh, number three, he's a good person. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is not in the Imperial Doctrine. As that's far a standout as, right there. As far, as far as I'm familiar with. But mostly a pilot. And wouldn't you know it, speaking of being a pilot, he almost gets sleep gassed in his flight simulator. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, that's how I blow off steam. Put myself in a simulation of a hair-raising, heart-racing, life-and-death battle. Yeah, and he put a I lot of enemies in that fucking one. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and you know he almost gets sleep-gassed in his thing because he's being too casual around all these Imperials that he lives around now. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Like you live in the middle of the prison, or like you live. In the middle of all the people that hate you. You're the governor of a state that wants you dead mm-hmm. and you live right in the middle of the neighborhood. Yeah. Here he is at the embassy being exposed. But you know, it's fine. He kills a stormtrooper, kneecaps another, and they keep coming for Jag. Until his chiss bodyguard gets the uh ante room under control outside of the flight simulator and jag jumps from here in the embassy in the lobby of his personal quarters surrounded by dozens of stormtroopers and his personal guard who we just meet for the first time mm-hmm. goes from here over to a hotel with Jaina. in a sentence yep Let me point that out again. A character moved from one location to a completely different location in a sentence. It wasn't a paragraph break. It wasn't a period next. It was one continuous sentence. He described, Jag, blah, 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 from here to here.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: And I didn't have to write down. <laughs> de facto imperial emergency hotel kept undercover Corson.
1: yeah and it was it was
0: just a very strange move for him yeah the, for aaron
1: yeah it's and it's the hotel room that he goes to to hang out with Jaina when they want to yeah uh, it's their fucking uh, private time
0: slamming cabin what do you call that stabbing cabin <laughs> oh <the> wrong genre <laughs> never heard that one <laughs> I like it, but Hmm. I'll take things I shouldn't say for 1,000, Alex. Now, no location, no paragraph, (laughs) paragraph, no paragraph, right? Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Jigs, buddy. Just an uncommon move, but hey, here's Jaina. She's back again already, chilling on a hotel couch. Anyway. Who tried to kill Jag? Uh, maybe Moth Leckerson, they say. Maybe anyone. Who knows? Any,
1: any Moth, really.
0: Yeah, cut to <laughs> Dathomir, Spaceport. That's literally where they leave it. Yeah. That fucking could have been anybody. <laughs> Gotta go. Dathomir, Spaceport. Their native guide to the planet tracker lady for Han and Leia finds the Rancor blood, electrocuted speeders, and lightning burns. And she says... It's not witches. Saint your average witches. These are the night sisters. Uh, Dale Gribble. Uh, <laughs> the government's gonna take your witches. That was that got bad. part of it was good. but you know, thank God she came along for the ride. Hey, there's extra special bad guys out there. Yeah. Yikes, because Leia thought maybe it was hoping. they were all gone. She was like, oh, I was hoping... I thought they, they didn't exist anymore. And, yeah, because and the, the native, bad guys always go away forever. And the native lady's like, yeah, they go away for a while. And then they steal our children until their numbers are replenished. And then they come back.
1: Cool and, story. And that lady looks extra sad about it.
0: Yeah. Tracking resumed. Chapter four. <laughs> That's it. They drop that. Look at her being sad. Move the fuck on. Yep. Because... Motions aren't important, I guess. I don't know. As if she couldn't feel it in the Force, too. Yeah. Chapter 4. Chief of State's Office, Coruscant. Dalla calls Windorvin, Dorvin, the unknown traitor, because mm-hmm. he sold the Mandalorian information off to Han and Leia when he tried to get it to them through Jaina. Didn't work. He had to go directly to the source. He betrayed her multiple times. Yes. With that one secret. It's sneaky. She calls Wynne into her office to ask if he thinks she is doing the right thing with the Jedi. What? Why? Since when does she care what anybody else thinks about her decisions and what she's doing? Not so far.
1: Yeah. That we've read, but she does say a few things that, like, he'd, he'll he always tell me, like, he's yeah. always been, he's a straight up dude. Kind there of have
0: thing. been subtle hints along the way that she's not the dictatorial tyrant that she seems politically. Yeah. That she, you know, does try to take a measure, a temperature check of, you know, is this right or wrong.
1: Yeah, she's not trying to be she's trying to have control without being a, another emperor essentially. Yeah.
0: She doesn't want to be an asshole, but she thinks I have to do asshole things to accomplish my goals. So, she calls him into her office. Am I doing the right thing? He tells her straight up, that he thinks she's going about it wrong. The ends won't justify the means, he tells her. Where have I heard that? In a haunted puddle in a, a different dimension. Also, more importantly, Pocket has a pouch. Yes. So, Windorvin's Pocket has a pocket with a pocket. <laughs> yes. Cut to Dathamiri <laughs> yeah. Rainforest. Luke is going northwest, and the night Sister is going northeast. Ooh, what is she trying to draw them to? Maybe away from a tribal war. Nobody knows. Jungle sleep over time. Cut to Millennium Falcon. Dathomir. I wrote Coruscant. That can't be right. <laughs> That's not Can you right. Check at your all. book. Is it's that... definitely Dathomir. but I'll check. Is it a typo or am I stupid? I'm counting on me. Millennium Falcon. On Dathomir. Alana Solo, wild child who loves all the animals, apparently eight years old. She has something to say to her babysitter, C-3PO. Yep. Grandma promised me that the next time we were on Dathomir, I could ride a Rancor. Now, let me give you all a little parenting tip. Even those outlandish, wild promises that you think, you know, there's no way it'll ever possibly happen. Don't ever say anything you don't mean. Results? It says Dathomir. That yeah. was, it's all you. Good for me. But Alana Solo says, Grandma said I could ride a Rancor next time we come to Dathomir, not Coruscant. Mm-hmm. 3PO walks away from that <laughs> <laughs> to find R2 returning from, quote, exploring yeah this poor guy is surrounded by troublemakers man and see, 3 po as the straight man in this scene is funny he's it's just great. it's so funny like the banter the the back and forth i mean between him and alana him trying to convince her like oh princess leia would never lie to you and then she's like she said we could ride rancors and he's like Oh, I probably don't know anything about that. I gotta go. And then R2-D2's at the back door like, Hey, I was just out there, and I found this weird old ship. You want to go explore with me? And 3PO's like, No, we can't leave this six, seven, eight year old alone. That's yeah. illegal. And that's that's the whole fucking scene. And it's great, though, you know?
1: All of the 3PO, R2-D2... I like how he put the R2 noises in here. Tweedle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? I like that.
0: And then... I, that is that is such a fun way, for the that the two of them communicate the, in the movies and in the text is like, R two says something in robot language and the people around him, don't directly interpret it for us but react to it in a way that you subtextually understand what he meant or said. Yeah, you fill you know, in the blanks point. with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we don't ever tell you, like Luke Skywalker doesn't go oh r2 said he's got a bad motivator that guy next to him or whatever right like he's always like oh you mean that we should do this or something like everybody's just talking directly back to him and that's how you get you know as like a as like a peripheral glance Mm -hmm. his intention i just like that as a i don't know as a what as a as a as an effect as a as
1: a whole way of communication and con- conveying that information to us as the audience.
0: I just like it as a thing. Yeah. yeah. As a whole thing. And I also like that 3PO never wants to go on adventures with R2-D2. He finds this old ship that I'm assuming R2 knows exactly what the fuck he's talking about. Oh, yeah. That's the ship that... Wait. He says did this- Ben tell them about an ancient yacht I think he did I don't think so I thought Han and Leia asked the guard about that no that was Luke and Ben yeah I'm mixing the two scenes together because they were so uh similar but but
1: they brought it up when they were t- when the guard was talking to Luke and Ben that the the freighter they're the yacht the Soro she freighter what oh, had right gone over top of the spaceport and not landed there and the right. r2d2 so this found it for-
0: that's for us. R two yes. doesn't know what he found, but we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Because the uh, when Luke and Ben asked the guard where the if the any ancient ass yachts been around lately, the guy was like, no. And then oh yeah, somebody uh, said they were out of control and flew over, and we never seen them. Now, is that true? That she pretended that is he totally lying, or did she like memory wipe him? She definitely force she forced it or. Is she just that hot?
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a couple <laughs> all different.
0: all are cut to the Senate building on Coruscant. I'm sure it doesn't hurt. Where Dalla at shooting practice. Cause you know what? Just so tired of being a politician. I just want to go back to what I was. And so to relieve my stress of this job that I don't really want, I'm going to reconnect to my battling roots. Just like nobody else in the book would ever do. She's at shooting practice with a General Jaxton, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of a cool name, but also kind of clumsy to say. Yeah. He's the chief of Starfighter Command for the Galactic Alliance. This fucking... <laughs> Sounds like Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, there's a secret mission in <laughs> a Space galactic alliance whoa isn't that what it's called yeah oh dang no star command star command it's something
1: something of the galactic alliance yeah. oh god yeah so he's he's the leader of the star fighters Ooh. over for the galactic so is, is
0: toy story a crossover is buzz Lightyear a toy of a somebody from the star wars universe he's actually general jackson nah he's way better because mm-hmm. <laughs> he can fall with god. <laughs>
1: Mrs. Nesbitt! <laughs> Anyways, uh, fuck Enough.
0: That's the best. This General Jackson guy, though, I didn't look it up because I felt like it might n- might not happen, and I didn't want to waste seven thumb presses on my phone. I don't know if is he. Uh, this sounds so like a dude that Aaron Alston is pulling from this the peripheral of the past.
1: Yeah, like cause... he was just a star. F- like, fighter pilot, and...
0: And then he gets promoted in the, in the chaos of Jason breaking the Galactic Alliance. Like, this is what Dalla recounts of him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like a steady dude in Star Command, Starfighter Command, <laughs> who <laughs> used to be a pilot. You know, he used to be served, just like her and like Jag, and yeah. somebody you can trust type of thing. So she invites him for shooting practice at the range with a training dummy. Because... She wants to know about troop morale. Am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. What do the people think? She is fully evaluating herself, I guess. She's hasn't shown any of that. No, <laughs> explicitly like this in the pa- in the previous three books, but it's time to reevaluate. It's the beginning of the second arc. Did I do things right in the first arc? Because we got six more books to go. <laughs> you know. I gotta get my shit together if I wanna fucking get the Jedi under government control.
1: It's good to see a character doing some of that emotional evaluation, though. Yeah,
0: true. (laughs) That is so true. Yeah. General Jackson says, uh, bad. Yeah, you're doing things wrong. Morale is not good. Uh, People think that you're playing favorites and stuff, and uh, they don't like it. And uh, here's an easy way to boost morale arrest and charge, retired Admiral Cha Niathal. Which we said in book one. Hey, where did I hear that before? (laughs) Yeah. When they were like, oh, Tahiri, illegal. And we were like, hey, what about that other one who was joint chief of state? Yeah. When the galaxy went to war with itself and all kinds of evil shit happened under her command and watch. Mm Hmm. Well, here comes this guy out of the bushes four books later. Hey, we should arrest her. Yep. The people under your command in the in the armed forces will feel better about the fairness that you're portraying, or not so far, if you go and arrest a criminal. Yep, uh, plain and simple.
1: Even if she did, because he he goes on to say, get a um, a group of like military judges. Yep, assemble this group. Fake.
0: A fake court, yeah. a fake trial, but bill just- a quitter. Charging her will be enough morale boost and enough of a a public swing in your favor. Yeah. Genius. It's so smart. Also, she's
1: guilty. Uh, Absolutely, she's guilty.
0: And so, how do you not arrest her all this
1: time? She is more guilty than Luke is.
0: But get this. I would argue that. (laughs) I would say Luke had much more opportunity to stop the whole ball from rolling in the first place. Nyethal was like a smaller snowball that got ran over by the bigger snowball. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But anyways, to the point, she is guilty, for sure. Absolutely. At the very least, did she not conspire with Jason to assassinate the Prime Minister of Karelia? I believe she knew about that if not through plausible deniability, right? Yeah. It was like, there was no official memo, but she knew what the fuck happened and what was happening. It's pretty obvious when you have all the ops information.
1: Wasn't she also privy to all the information that got her to be joint chief of state and going in all the information they got on the and previous it was kind chief of a of sta- balancing
0: point of if, I don't say anything and we lose. It's treason. If I do say something and Jason still wins, I'm treason. So she bet on the side of Jason because Callow Mouse was a fucking... Yeah, he's a tool. He was just... He was outclassed. That's all. He Mm -hmm. never stood a chance against Jason Solo. No. Never. Never. But anyways, back to Chon Nyathal kicking her fish heels up On the beach in Mon Calamari. Retired. Arrest her. The troops will like that. Accountability. Blah, blah, blah. Dalla doesn't like it. She says Niathal is one of us. One of us. Playing favorites. But playing favorites for the team that should want you to play favorites for them, right? Yes. Right. Like, hey, look, I'm not charging the military person. I'm charging the Jedi. I'm not arresting the military person. I'm arresting the outsider. Mm -hmm. But no, they don't want that because she seems to just be picking and choosing whoever she wants like a tyrant. Yes. Not democratic, not according to law, you know. Yeah. Leave out what you want. The public doesn't like it. Dala doesn't like this idea. Although she seems like her hand is forced. Mm-hmm. So will she do it? Will Han and Leia find Luke? Will Luke find Vistara? And where is... Oh, hey. Hey, Found hey. him. Hey, Zach. I didn't, didn't see you there. Safe and hapes with a girlfriend for fucking ever. My bad. (laughs) Is it? Find out next week. (laughs) When we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 4, Backlash, Chapters 5 through 8. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. I found Zach. And someone's getting arrested. No
1: big deal.
0: For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com forever canon podcast is a jay plazer production catch us on facebook instagram twitch twitter and youtube at jay Blazer. check us out